0: All right, good to see everybody. How y'all doing? Excited to be here, man. I'm excited to continue this Identity Theft series. My name is Caleb, one of the pastors here at Project Church. And uh, man, super pumped for what God's been doing. Hey, last week, thank you for giving. We actually were able to partner with Convoy of Hope. We, we gave $1,000 to Convoy of Hope, and they took... A semi, actual, several semis to help all the victims of the fires in Napa and Santa Rosa. And so I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being a church that's generous and that gives. We were able to bless. And they took, man, semis full of supplies to help those people. So give it up for yourselves, for your generosity. So good to see you. Uh, So today we're continuing this series called Identity Theft. If you've missed any of the past weeks, you can watch on YouTube, on our website, or on our podcast. You can listen on iTunes. Um, We've had an amazing time laying down the identity that this world has told told us to take on. And, uh, and picking up the you that's been taken from you. So over the last six weeks or five weeks, we've covered a lot of topics. If you've missed any of these, we've got a ton of great response from this series. Everyone's been loving it. So I'd encourage you to go back and listen. But today I want to talk to you about my fear of failure. And so to kick this thing off, I need a couple of volunteers to come up here. So here's what I need first. I need two people who are fairly athletic who could throw a football like decent right now, come on, okay, Joel, great, okay, and Frank, come on up, great, you too, come on, give it up for these two, then I need two musical people who, man, you could like carry a tune, all right, come on, Ruthie, and then, uh, yes, Josh in the back, come on, okay, sorry, a lot of you were volunteering, man, I just, first hands I saw, this is going to be fun, okay, so guys, come up here, so I need my athletic people, who are the athletes, you? Okay, you totally look like one. And then, Frank, come on up. Josh, I need you to stand over on this side. And Ruthie on this side, come on up. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Okay, you guys right here, you and Frank. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to start with the song. We're going we're gonna to sing, okay? So, so you go over here. Come over here, Ruthie. No, Frank, you're right here. Right here, right here next to Joel. Okay, we're going to start with the song. But I think it would be better if we made the people who said they were athletic sing. What do you guys think? So here we go. Start it up. Start it up. Play that music. Just a small town girl living in a lonely world. Can we drop the key? Just a midnight train going anywhere. Go, Frank. Go, you. This this verse is yours. Oh, come on, somebody. Give it up for him. Slate it. And so I need the, the mu- musical people to throw a football. So John's going to go out there into the aisle. You want to go first? Okay. John's going to go, where are you going? Yeah, go up that aisle. I want this to be dangerous. Okay, Josh, everybody be ready. Be ready. You're throwing it to John. Go. Let's, let's see it. You ready? Chuck it. Oh, that was pretty good. Okay, okay. For Ruth, Ruthie, here we go. Ready? You got this, girl? Come on, give it up for Ruthie. He's far. He's far. Get ready out there. Ruthie even backed up. Oh, my goodness. Heads up. Yes, give it up for these people. Come on, that was amazing. You guys can head back. Thank you. All right, so that was incredible. So today I'm talking about my fear of failure, laying down my fear of failure. And so I was hoping, this was a, a social experiment, I was hoping one of them, like, wouldn't want to do it because they were afraid they were going to fail, but they all were just down and uh, didn't even care. But I'm excited to talk to you today about letting go of this, of this idea of our fear of failure. And let's be real, most people deal with the fear of failure. In fact, I think millions of people across the globe are letting the fear of failure hold them back from trying things or doing things that maybe even God is calling them to do. So let me illustrate this in our regular lives, the reality of the fact that we fail every single day. First, experts say you should drink eight glasses of water a day. How many of you are not doing this? You are not drinking eight glasses? Okay, most of you. Great. So your failures. Good job. Dennis say you should brush your teeth after every meal and floss every day. Who here is not flossing every day? I will raise my hand proudly because I definitely don't. It's been a few weeks for me, actually. So I've been told I should never allow my gas tank to go below half full. But where are my people that live on E like me? You live on the edge, man. You are, yes, risk takers. You live on E. That's how I roll. My parents, every time they get in my car, they're like, why are you always on E? So that's just how I do it. Uh, They say that you should make your bed every morning. Experts say that it's good for your sanity, your health. Um, I've been married for nine years, and I've never once made our bed. So pray for my wife, and some of you need to give thanks for the husbands that you have, all right? So, but a lot of you, you don't make your bed every day, right? Let's be real. Um, doctors say that the average adult should get no less than eight hours of sleep per day. I have three little kids, and so you ain't getting eight hours of sleep. You feel me? Most of you out there, how many of you do not get eight hours of sleep every day? Oh my goodness, y'all are having problems, Okay. And then the final one that we fail at every single day is we are supposed to go the speed limit, but where are my speed demons? Yes, a lot of you. So listen, all of us fail every day, don't we? Like we fail. We are failures. We fail every day in our lives. I mean, this is just an illustration of a few things that many of us are failing at every single day. Everyone experiences failure, and everyone experiences the, feel, the fear of failure. But what we need to do today, and what we're going to try to do today, is try to find some ways or some steps to lay down our fear of failure so we can take on a pick up who God has called us to be, which is not a people of fear, but a people of courage. That we would walk out this call as courageous followers of Jesus Christ. So let's read. If you have your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 25. I'm going to be reading... Uh, From verse 14, Matthew 25, this is the first book of the New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew. Um, This is a parable of Jesus. A parable is a story Jesus often taught um, and illustrated points in stories or parables. And so this is one of those, and it is the parable of the talents. A talent is an amount of money, so it's not skill or ability, it's not that. It's an amount of money. And so this is the parable of the talents. Here we go, starting in verse 14. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. Everybody say afraid. So I was afraid and I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and at my coming, I should have received that what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the 10 talents. Can we pray today? Would you bow your heads? Jesus, thank you for your word. I pray that you would challenge us and encourage us that we would lay down Let go of our fear of failure so we can walk in the obedience in which you've called us to walk. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So here's what I want you to hear today. Failure isn't a thought when obedience is your default. The problem is our default, most of us, is this fear of failure. Failure. Like our default is I don't want to try it, which I thought one of you would hesitate, but y'all are like bosses up here, man. They were like, I guess if they're willing to walk on stage, they're willing to do anything, right? Um, they, they went for it. But I think that a lot of us, we have this idea, like our, our default is the fear of failure. We don't want to try things. We don't want to step into what God's called us to do, walk in even the purposes that he has for us, because what if we fall short? What if we fail? But when obedience is our default, that we will obey whatever God is calling us to do, wherever he's calling us to go, whatever he's putting in front of us, then failure, man, it's an afterthought, this fear of failure. It's an afterthought. It might still be there because we're human beings, but it's an afterthought, and it will never hold us back from who God is calling us to be, what he's calling us to do. So the question I have for you today is what are you doing with what you've been given? You see, there were three servants here. One has is given five talents, one is given two, and one is given one. And the reality is, like, some of us have more talent. And and that's not a wrong thing or a bad thing, it's just reality. There are people around me all the time who are more talented, more skilled, have more ability, and I think a lot of us get caught up in this reality that, like, we don't have as much talent as someone else, and so we think that we're not even going to try, and this is what happens here. This man was afraid, this servant was afraid, and so he does nothing. He buries it in the ground out of fear. And so every one of you, though, in this place has talent. God has blessed you. He's given you. He's he's given you finances. He's given you a job. He's given you ability. He's given you skill. What are you doing with what you've been given? You see, there's probably some of us in here, if we had to be honest, we have buried some things in the ground. And we've buried them because we're afraid. We've buried them because we're afraid of failing. And God doesn't want us to live that kind of life. He doesn't want us to live a fearful life. He wants us to live a courageous life of walking in the purpose that he's called us for and to. So let me give you, I got five steps, five, everybody say five, to let go of my fear of failure. Number one is recognize that everyone fails. Like, I just illustrated it with all these things that we're supposed to do every single day, and we don't. Most of you in here were raising your hand. You would raise your hand for at least one of those. So you say, yeah, I I fail every day, I guess, in a lot of different areas. Verse 25 says, so I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Fear stopped this servant from doing anything. He did nothing. He just buried it. We all fail, and we can't let the reality of failure hold us back, or the feel of failure hold us back from who and what God is calling us to do. We have to trust God and trust the, the process. Galatians 6, 9 says this, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So leave this up here for a second. I want to focus on this. Here's what obedience is. Obedience is doing good. Obeying what God has called us to do is doing good. The problem is that many of us, we don't see the fruit right away. We don't see the fruit of our good works. We don't see the fruit of our obedience. And so we quit. Failure is only final when you quit. That's the only way that failure is final. But what happens is we don't see the fruit. We don't see uh, something happening from the good things we're doing. And so we quit. But this verse is a great illustration and a great encouragement to say, listen, in due season you will reap if you don't give up. But if you quit, you will never reap what God has for you. And some of us are held back and we stop doing the good things and walking in obedience to who God has called us to be. Because we don't see the fruit that we're wanting to see. But in due season, you will see it. As long as you don't quit, you keep going. You keep pushing forward. We have to recognize everyone fails. I have a six-year-old who is, man, I don't know know how to describe him. He's very competitive, but he's just hard on himself. And so like every day he tells me all the things he's terrible at. And so now... um, I've had to tell him, like, or my wife and I have this new thing with him, anytime he says something negative about himself, like something he's terrible at, he has to give us three things that he's good at. Like tell us three things that you're great at or you're good at. And so like yesterday he did again. He said, I'm terrible at coloring. Like he does this all the time. And I know we haven't done this to him, I think. I mean, maybe I'm a jacked up parent. But like I don't think I've bred this into him. And so I'm like, all right, I need three things that you're good at. Three things that you got. And he's like, well, I'm good at dribbling. Because <laughs> I make him practice basketball all the time in the driveway. Um, he said, I'm good at, what, what else did he say? He said, I'm good at running. And so he gave me three things that he was good at. And I'm trying to tell him and, and show him, like, look, Canaan, we all fail. But what's happened for him is he, now that he's failed at some things, he won't try. He doesn't even want to do it. Like, he is a perfect example of what so many of us get caught up in. It's like we fail a couple times, so right? Like, you know what? I'm not even going to try. I'm not even going to give it a chance. I'm not even going to sh- give it a shot. Why? Because I've, I failed. Recognize that we all fail. And I'm always saying to him, listen, you failed now, but if you keep trying, you'll get better, and eventually you'll be able to succeed. It's about obedience, we have to walk in obedience to God, in obedience to who he's calling. Recognize that you will fail. That's part of life. But don't let the fear of failure hold you back. Number two, second step to let go of my fear of failure is find the benefits of failure. You know there's benefits when you fail? Like you can learn from your failures. Proverbs twenty four sixteen says, for the righteous falls, how many times? Seven times. But then he rises again. But the wicked stumble In times of calamity. Here's the reality. As righteous people, you will stumble. As righteous people, you will fall. But what do righteous people do when they fall? They get up again. They rise again. They keep going. They don't quit. Wicked people quit. Wicked people give up. Wicked people stumble. Righteous people keep going. They stumble seven times, they fall seven times, they get up seven times. It doesn't matter what you've gone through, it doesn't matter how many times you've fallen, if you're following God, if you're walking in obedience, you're going to keep getting back up. Theodore Roosevelt said this, the only man who never makes a mistake is the man who never does anything. Let that encourage you for a moment. Mistakes, failures, is part of life. If we're going to step out, if we're going to walk in obedience, if we're going to walk in the call that God has on us, we will make mistakes. We will fall. You know that uh, Thomas Edison, he invented the light bulb. It took him 10,000 tries to finally invent the light bulb. 10,000 failed light bulbs. Until he finally created and designed and made and invented a light bulb that worked. And here's what he said He said, I know 10,000 things that don't work. He didn't call it failure, he called it an education. So I want to encourage you today that you would find the benefits of the failure that you have. Let this challenge you today. Sometimes God has to engineer failure in us before he can accomplish success with us. Did you hear that? I'm going to say it again. Sometimes God has to engineer failure in us before he can accomplish success with us. There will be moments of failure that set us up. For success in the future. Before we planted Project Church, we were on staff at a church. My wife and I, my grandfather was the lead pastor. And I've told you guys this story before. But uh, he had a plan. He said, Caleb, in three years I want you to take this church over from us. Three years, take over the church. 18 months into that process, he had a heart attack in the parking lot of the church and died. This was five years ago. Heart attack and dies. I walk. I was in the office. I came downstairs and saw him as they were pulling him out of the car before the paramedics even got there and knew he was gone. So now this process of us taking over this church over three years is cut short. It's 18 months, and there were some board members who were for us and some board members who were against us. And we went through this whole painful process and finally came to the point where they brought in an interim guy, and he told me, Caleb, you need to resign. You need to leave it's not going to work here for you and our last week there one of the board members went to my wife and said you guys are never going to be able to be successful until you get kicked in the teeth he said it to my wife I was like playa you need to say that to me to my face not to my wife and uh we we had beef for a minute but let me tell you it, he was actually right I'll tell you right now, we would never have been successful planting Project Church, which now has a campus in downtown and West West Sacramento. I just came from West Sac. I think they had like the biggest uh, crowd they've ever had in West Sac today. Um, They're two years old. And uh, just came from there. I do not believe this church would be here today if we had not gone through the failure that we went through then. It wouldn't. Because God had to do something in us Before he could bring us to the success with us. So, every failure that you go through, I want you to see the perspective and change your perspective that says, you know what? What can I learn from this failure? What can I learn from this stumble, from this fall? There are benefits in your failure if you look for them. Third, today, third step to let go of our fear of failure is stop comparing yourself. Stop comparing yourself. I know it's hard today with social media and all that, but what is, and I'm going to make some assumptions into this story going back to Matthew 25, but here's what I see. I see three servants, two of, one of them gets five talents, the other one gets two, and the last servant gets one. I'm just like, I'm making an assumption here, but I'm guessing that servant was already like I'm less than, like I don't have as much, I wasn't given as much. The master didn't entrust him with as much. It actually says that they were given according to their talents or their ability. That's what the passage said. So already there's probably this questioning of himself. Then he looks and he sees, man, here's one servant and he took his five and turned it into ten like that. Then the other servant took his two and turned it into four like that. I can't do that. I'm not talented enough to double it just like that. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just bury it so at least I give what he gave me back. And what does the master say to him? He says, you wicked and slothful servant. You know what our fear of failure can can do? Our fear of failure can actually turn us into lazy people. It can turn us into lazy people because we're so afraid of failing that we just sit back and we do nothing and we bury what we have in the ground. We say, I don't want to risk it. I don't want to lose it. I don't want to mess it up. I don't want people to look at me and think I'm a failure. So I'm going to do nothing and we actually are becoming lazy. That's what fear of failure can do. Why? It it stems from even a comparison because we're comparing ourselves to what other people are doing. Listen, I'm right there with you. I'm on social media, man. I'm on Instagram. Instagram will mess you up. I compare other people's kids to my kids. I'm like, man, why are their kids angels? My kids are hellions, man. I need to cast out some demons or something, y'all. Can you pray with me? No, I'm playing. They're awesome. But like last night, we went to Chipotle last night. (laughs) How many of you love Chipotle? Come on, somebody. Went to Chipotle last night, and I said, boys, you want to go with me? We're going to pick it up and bring it home. We get to Chipotle. My 4-year-old gets out of the car, and he's wearing his mom's furry slippers. (laughs) And he just shuffles into Chipotle. I'm like, dude, what are you wearing? He's like, I got mommy's slippers on. I was like, why are you wearing those? And so I I Instagram story, you know, you had to do it his hair was everywhere. I was like, dude, you are a hot mess. Like, and then I look at other people's pictures and their kids. I'm like, their kids are perfect. Like we compare ourselves and we feel like failures. It's like, I'm a terrible parent. I, I'm a pastor and I'll compare myself to other pastors. And you know what I'll do sometimes? I'll compare myself to other pastors whose churches aren't as big as mine. Cause that makes me feel better about myself. Oh, I feel good. I mean, look, we're the same age and our church is bigger and we give more and um, we do more in the community. Like, man, I'm, I'm doing well. We're doing great. Then I'll compare myself to I'll look around and accidentally I'll see someone else who's the same age as me and their church is bigger than mine. Then all of a sudden I feel terrible. I feel like a failure. Both of those are wrong. They're unholy It's not what God wants for you. He doesn't want you to compare yourself to anyone else. You want to know why? God has a specific story for you to live. No one else's journey is going to look like your journey. No one else's story is going to look like your story. So stop comparing your story to someone else's story. Why have they gotten there before I got there? And walk in the story that God has called you to live. Walk in the purpose that God has called you to walk in. We're so caught up in comparing ourselves to other people. And God's saying, no, I'm doing something unique with you. I'm doing something specific to you. And we want to compare ourselves Why do we do this? And it gets us caught up. We feel like failures. And then it holds us back. It holds us back from all that God has called us to be. Galatians 6, 4 says this, but let each one test his own work. And then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. I actually like this verse. You know, I know we talk a lot about like, hey, don't make it about you. It's, it's all about God, and it is. God gives you the breath you have. He gives you the ability you have, the talent you have. But I like this verse because I like the idea that, listen, at the end of the day, like, don't compare yourself to everyone around you. Do what you've call, been called to do. It's not about what they're doing. It's about what you're doing. It's about what God's asking of you. It's about are you walking in obedience? When obedience is your default, the the, fa- the fear of failure is not present because you're not worried about success. You're worried about being obedient to who God has called you to be. For today, trust your plans less. The fourth step to let go of my fear of failure, trust your plans less. Where are my planners at? Come on, you're a planner in this place. You love to plan. I love the planners because they're all taking notes right now. Like during the sermons. I love when planners attend our church because they make me feel so good. They're all right there like taking notes or they're in their phones like taking notes. All you planners right now, I see it. You're doing it right now. Like that's why I love you. Listen, I'm all for planning. I'm all for having a plan for your life, setting out a plan for your future. That is amazing. That is great. But you have to make sure that your plans are not conflicting with God's plans. Because God's plans are so much greater than your plans. And so if you have an opportunity to choose God's plan or your plan, choose his plan every single time. His plans are to prosper you and not to harm you. His plans are to give you a future and a hope. His plans are exceedingly and abundantly beyond anything you could ask, think, or imagine. So whose plans are you going to choose? Choose his. Now hopefully we're praying. We're saying, God, align my plans with your plans. But there comes a time where I've had times in my life when I'm like, God, this is my plan. And you're telling me to go here. Like, but wait, God, like, I want to go here. Listen, I've laid it out. I I know where I want to end up. I know my destination. I know my future. This is where I want to go. And when God says, no, I want you to go this way, we have a decision to make. Are we going to walk in obedience or are we going to trust ourselves? You know, Paul, the apostle, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. We read his, uh, his books of the Bible many times. I've taught from them many times. Galatians is one of those which I've shared a couple verses from. And I think a lot of us think, like, man, Paul had such an impact on the kingdom of God. Such an impact on the church. Man, what? I, Paul must have had an amazing plan to, like, accomplish all this. To write all these books of the Bible. He must have had, this was one heck of a plan that Paul executed. But let me tell you something. Paul, you know what his plan was? You know how much Paul planned? Here's what Paul did. He said, I'm going to walk in obedience today. That was Paul's plan. I will let the Spirit of God lead me today. Right now, right here, I will follow it. Stop worrying so much about the future and focus on being obedient today. We're caught up in the future about what we want to accomplish. And I I get it. I have dreams. I have goals. I have aspirations. Those are all amazing. But we're too caught up in that and we're not focused enough on trusting and being obedient to what God is calling us to do today. When you're obedient today, you're not fearful about what you could be missing out on tomorrow. When you're obedient right now, right here today, you're not worried about what you're going to miss out on tomorrow because you're like, God's got it. I'm going to be obedient today. Right now, right here, fifth and finally today. The fifth step to let go of my fear of failure. So we got to recognize that everyone fails. We got to find the benefits of failure. We got to stop comparing ourselves. We have to trust our plans less. And then finally, we have to embrace the season. Embrace the season. You know, there's seasons right now, we're in fall, and I see a lot of you are embracing the season. Uh On Friday night, we went out to dinner with some friends and I like had like a long sleeve shirt. I had a cardigan sweater on. I had a long jacket on. It was like 65 degrees. I'm like, fall's here. You know, I was geared up. Like how many of you are, are with me? You threw every jacket on like the first cool day. You're like, yes, 14 layers. It's fall, it's cold. Like I love embracing fall and I love embracing the Christmas season. But the time comes when we're in a season of our life and it's not maybe the most fun season. It maybe isn't even the most fruitful season. But are you going to embrace that season anyways? I think we do ourselves a disservice when we're always looking to that season where we want to be. Like, I want to be there. That's where I want to be. And we're missing out on maximizing the season we've been placed in right now. Because God can do amazing things in the season you're in right now. I know you may not be where you want to be. But God is doing something right now, right here. Embrace that season. Maximize that season. You know that the harvest, and I'm going to use some farming terms for you, okay? The harvest. I'm a farmer, guys. I love, no, I've never planted anything in my life. But the harvest is fun. The harvest Man, it's a blessing when you gather the fruits and, and gather the crop and gather gather all, all this stuff and man the harvest, that's, that's the fun season. We all want to be in the harvest season. But let me tell you something. The harvest season doesn't come when you doesn't come unless you've planted some seeds, unless you've tilled some ground unless you spent time digging trenches. The the harvest season doesn't come unless you spent days and hours and weeks and months watering. The harvest season doesn't come. And so all of us, like, we want to be there. And we got our eyes on that season. That season. The fruitful season. The harvest season. But I want to tell you right now, embrace the season that you're in. Because God is doing something in you right now in this season. Maximize this season. Give him thanks in this season. Celebrate this season. I know, like, I have little kids, and there's times I'm like, Lord, let this season end. Like, please, I- I'm done with, I got one more kid in diapers. I'm like, God, please, no more diapers. I brought all three of them to church with me this morning. Let me tell you, getting three kids ready, six, four, and two, in- on Sunday mornings to get here and try to preach, because my wife was leading worship at West Sac, so I was all alone single. It was hard, man. I'm like, these kids need to grow up quick. Like, for reals. But guess what, man? We think that way sometimes, but then there's other times like, no, this is a special season. They'll never be this age again. They'll never be reliant on me like this again. I got to embrace this season. I got to, man, last night when I was changing that diaper, oh, this is amazing, God. Thank you. Thank you for this poop. Thank you, Lord. Let me embrace it. You see, sometimes we, we discount or we, we look down on the season that we're in, but God is doing something in you in this season. Celebrate this season. Maximize this season. Get the most of this season. Even if it's hard, even if it's painful, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's not where you want to be. What truly matters isn't what man thinks, it's what God thinks. If we're going to let go of our fear of failure, we have to stop embracing what man says and what man thinks. We have to start embracing what God thinks and what God says. It's not about success in the eyes of people. It's about success and obedience in the eyes of your God. What I love is that often he'll take The obedience that we have, and he will bring us to fruit. And he will bring us to success, but it has to start with obedience. Right now, right here. Jesus was born in a stable. This is one of probably the poorest ways you could imagine being born in a stable. I mean, this is surrounded by animals. We're talking about a barn. Most of us, like, we'd have a panic attack if we knew our kids weren't being born in a hospital. Jesus, when he was crucified on the cross, it says that the soldiers, they cast lots for his clothing, meaning they gambled for his clothing, for his garments. The Bible actually tells us that that was the only thing that Jesus owned. It says that the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus went to that cross and was killed naked with nothing to his name. In man's eyes, according to the world standards, Jesus was a failure. No family, no land, no property, nothing. And yet we know that Jesus did what no one else could do. That Jesus actually took all of our failures, every single one of our failures onto himself on that day when he was nailed to that cross. If Jesus took all our failures upon himself, we have no reason to fear failing because our failures are already taken. I'm here to tell you today, your failures are already taken. Your failures are already covered. Your failures are already taken by Jesus Christ. You don't have to fear failing any longer because he's already taken it upon himself. He took it upon himself on that cross. And yet we're still bound up and caught up and held back by a fear of failing. And Jesus is saying, I've already taken it. I took all your failure, I took all your mistakes. The God that we serve, He doesn't lead us to failure. I think some of us, like I've been talking about this fear of failure and we're like, well, maybe God wants me to fail and there are times when we fail and we learn something. But the God that we serve, He doesn't lead us to failure, He guides us to victory. He is the God of victory. He is a God of victory. He is victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And he wants victory for your life. We sing a psalm here on Sunday morning. Sometimes it goes, we go from glory to glory what is that we're going from victory to victory i know you will fail i know i will fail i know we'll have failures are in our life but god already took all those failures upon himself he is a god that is guiding us into victory he has victory for your life victory for your family victory for your marriage victory for your children victory in your job and victory over your future embrace the victory that is found in jesus christ today man we don't have to walk in a fear of failure any longer. It's an afterthought when obedience is our default. May we be an obedient people to Jesus Christ, obedient to wherever he's calling us to go, whatever he's calling us to do, whatever path he's calling us to walk. Would you bow your heads with me? Cross this place.